Welcome to everybody on the live stream. We're glad to have you. Get your Bible like we get ours, and we're so glad you've joined us. Just, just go ahead and join us all the way. Set aside distractions, uh, you know, put, put things down that might could distract you, and just receive what God has for you as well. Praise God. So thankful that you're there feeding on the Word, and uh, we believe God has something for you just like He has something for us. So comment, let, let us know that you're there if you would, and, uh, and uh, punch that like button or love button. I don't know, they ought to have a love button on there, shouldn't they? We, we don't like Spirit of Faith Family Church. We love Spirit of Faith Family Church. But, you know, I think the like button's the only one there. Oh, they do have a heart. Yeah, push the heart. <laughs> Share the content, subscribe, you know, post, and... Um, and the many other things there you can do. So, all right. Did you bring your Bible tonight? Uh, if you brought it, open up to your, uh, let's, let's go to the book of uh, Job. Let's go to the book of Job tonight. Yeah, Job. Can anything good come out of Job? I was meditating on some things in Job the other day, and I saw a, bunch of whole, a whole bunch of old notes on Job. I don't know if you've heard me say it, but if I said it for years, I'd like to do a study on the book of Job sometime. You know, a lot of folks hear what, hear, hear what they think the book of Job said, but they've never read the book of Job. Anyway, we're not going to do all that study tonight. But um, I do want to open to the third chapter of the book of Job, if you brought your Bible tonight, and, uh, and uh, agree with me for utterance. You believe in for utterance? Thank you, Jesus. Father, we had just come into agreement. We just pray together. We agree for what you have for us. Speak through my lips. Lord, give us ears to hear. Uh, we thank you for a, a flow of utterance and answers that m hits the mark and meets the need of every hungry heart tonight. We agree, Father God, for answers, direction, and we thank you for light in Jesus' name. Revelation. And we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Job chapter number three. Um, you, can, you know the story of the book of Job. I think most of us know a little bit about it anyway. Job was uh, a, a very rich man. And uh, he, was, he was attacked by the enemy. And the enemy destroyed a lot of stuff in his life. And then the, the majority of the book of Job is three men, including Job, four men, sitting around for about 38 chapters trying to understand what happened. And they give a lot of opinions about what happened. And God came on the scene. Actually, Elihu spoke for God. And then God came on the scene in a whirlwind and basically said, now I'm going to give you what God said, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you what it means. He basically said, who is he that darkeneth uh, uh, wisdom without knowledge or something like that? He, he's saying, in other words, that's another way of saying, you've been sitting here talking about something you know nothing about. Yeah. Yeah. And so people want to quote things. They think everything in Job ought to be quoted and stood on. That's not true. God himself said, you've been sitting here talking about something and making a lot of statements you don't know anything about. And never once did, I mean, Satan is mentioned in the book of Job, but never once did Job mention Satan. He didn't know there was such a critic. Um, uh, Job is the earliest book in the Bible. As far as uh, timeline, it, it, it was the first one ever written way back early. And uh, there wasn't, a whole, you know, the Bible's progressive revelation. Yes. Right. 
You come over into the New Testament and there's more revelation than in the Old Testament. The Old Testament mentions the devil, but it doesn't mention him near as much. We, we know from the New Testament a whole lot more about him than, than the Old Testament folks did. And so, you know, people will accuse God of doing a lot of things because they think he's the only one in the spirit realm. He's not the only one in the spirit realm. We come into the New Testament and Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Anyway, so Job uh, was very, very blessed, very rich, very prosperous in many ways, had a good family, big family, very wealthy and so forth, and, and many cattle, many sheep, many, many different things. In that day, that's money. <laughs> and so, but he's, uh, atta- he, he was attacked of the enemy. And you can read that in chapter number one. We won't take time to go into it all tonight. But, um, and, and, and Satan, Satan had said, um, well, let's go back to chapter number one. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, he had Satan really could not get to Job like he really wanted to. And we see why in verse number, let's go back to the first chapter here. Um, there, there's, there's so much here I would love to say to help understand a lot of things, but for time's sake, I've just got to focus on what the Lord's dealing with me about. Um, say, let's, let's go to verse number nine. This is Job 1, 9. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job serve, does, does Job fear God for not? In other words, he's just doing it for what you give him. Uh, he, how many of you know Satan is the accuser of the brethren? He'll accuse people of things that aren't even true. But uh, then he said in verse number 10, hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath or on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. Now put forth thy hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. In other words, he's just, you know, he just, he just worships you and serves you because he, all that you do for him. But if, if, you, if all that wasn't there, he wouldn't worship you. He'd curse you. And you know the whole story, he never did. All that he went through, Job never cursed God. He never got his fist angry at God. Amen. His wife did. His wife actually spoke up for the devil, curse God and die. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, people will put pressure on you to just turn against God. But how many of you know you got to stand with in the midst of all that? Anyway, but he said, uh, the Lord, now notice verse number 12. The Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Now let him back up there. Uh, verse 11, put forth thy, Satan said to God, put forth your hand. And God said, all, you, all he has is in your hand. So notice, and uh, he said to Satan, Behold, all he has is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And then you see all the destruction that came. Uh, we won't get into all that. But um, Satan was the one who went out and destroyed. Just get this real straight about Job. God blessed him. Satan attacked him. God and Satan never reverse roles. God never. It looks like here, if you read the whole story, I, I get to, I, if I start going, I'll, I'll have to explain too much. Um, 
look at, uh, let's see here, put forth thine hand, and Satan said, or God said to Satan, behold, all that he hath is in thy power. And so he's basically saying, I'm not the one that is the destroyer. You're the one that's the destroyer. But Satan had said, there's a hedge around him. I can't get to him. Right? But there, there must have been something that destroyed that hedge. Because he had been pacing, Satan had been pacing around that hedge. Or we'd say barrier. Something that was keeping Satan from getting to him. Satan was pacing around that. He could see that in the spirit realm. A defensive installation. Something keeping Satan from being able to do what he wanted to do. And he said, you build a hedge. Satan said, God build the hedge around him. We'll see actually that Job cooperated with God and built that hedge around him. But but uh, I keep wanting to, let's back up here. Look at what it says here. It talks about Job. Uh, and, and there was a day that the sons of God, listen to verse number six, that the sons of God came and presented themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. And the Lord had said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Satan answered the Lord and said from going for, to and fro in the earth and from walking da- up and down in it. How many of you know, we know that in the new Testament, Satan walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for somebody to get to that. You know, that tells me he can't just get to anybody. People think he's all powerful and big and bad. He's not. He he only, remember Bible said in Ephesians uh, 5, verse number, or 4, verse number 27, neither give place to the devil. He can't just get to anybody unless somebody gives them place. So don't be afraid of the devil. Oh, that witch over there, she put a curse on me. I wouldn't fear a curse any more than I would fear the devil himself. I love what Brother Hagin said. Brother Hagin said, you know, you, somebody, didn't, somebody came and told Brother Hagin, so-and-so doesn't like your preaching. He said, well, I'm just preaching the word. And they said, no, if he, if he doesn't like people, he puts curses on people. That's not God, first of all. And Brother Hagin looked at the man and said, I double-dog dare him. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. Now, double dog daring. Why did he say that? Because he's saying what the Bible said, uh, how can you curse whom God has blessed? We're redeemed from the curse. There is no curse. There is no pronouncing of a curse on whom God has blessed. And uh, if you read the counsel of the Bible very carefully, you try to curse somebody whom God has blessed, it will, it will go to that person, boomerang off of them, and come back and bam, hit you between the eyes. That's what Brother Hagin was saying. I double dog dare you. I double dog dare you. <laughs> Amen. Anyway. The Lord said, verse number seven, has, uh, whence comest thou? Satan said, uh, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. 
The Lord said, now this is what I keep getting coming up in my spirit. I didn't intend to spend the time on this. But the Lord, verse number eight, said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job, that there's none like him in the earth, perfect and upright and one that fears God and eschews evil? Now, you read it in the King James, it looks like God said, hold on, hold on, Satan. I know you're looking for somebody to, to attack. Let me get my, let me push my computer button here. Print out. Okay, here's a print out. Uh, here, here's some people you can try to attack. <laughs> Consider Job. Con- Consider getting to him. King James makes it look like that's what God's doing. If you read every other translation, and actually the Hebrew brings it out, I see that you, I think the Amplified might actually say it. I see that, I see that you've set your heart on Job or something. Does that, is there, the Amplified say something like that? But some of these other translations say it. I see that you've set your heart on Job. God didn't give Satan a printout and say, here, attack these people. He's just saying, I see you're trying to get to Job. And that's why Job said, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, Satan said, yeah, but you put a hedge around him. I can't get to him. Is that that right? In other words, he was trying. He had been trying. All right. I wanted you to see that because if we took the time to teach on the book of Job, there'd be so many things you'd go, oh, it's just amazing whenever you read it. Anyway, it's a good book, actually. I like the book. People don't read it, but I like the book. All right. Come over to the third chapter. And uh, the Bible doesn't actually ever say what gave Satan access to Job. But I mean, it doesn't say this is the reason, but we can see in the book of Job very strong possibilities. And this is the one I'm prompted to talk about tonight. Here in Job 3, look at verse number uh, 25. The thing which I greatly feared, now this is Job talking. The thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. The thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. In other words, he had been afraid No, 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 no. That's not right. He had been greatly afraid of all these things that came. He's describing the way he had been living. The thing that I greatly feared is come upon me. And uh, that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety. Stop right there. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. There was a hedge about him. But he said, I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. Now, the King James doesn't do very good justice to verse number 26. Let me read to you the Christian Holman, Holman Christian Standard, I believe is how it's, how it's, uh, if I remember right, Holman Christian Standard. He said in, in uh, James, uh, Job 3, 26, I cannot relax or be still. I have no rest for trouble comes. That describes the way he had been living. Now he had, the, the, the things were going great. Job's very prosperous, wonderful family, all serving God. You read the whole thing. I don't have time to get into it all, but just wonderful life, wonderful, good things are happening, very rich um, and uh, blessed. But uh, the Bible said here, he, he, he fessed up really that although things were good, he couldn't relax or rest 
in that care that God for him, had for him because he said trouble comes. That's the Christian, Holman Christian standard. Trouble comes. In other words, that's what he's expecting. Although things are good, I'm expecting something to go bad. Reminds me of what the Lord told me. Guard your expectation. Now, somebody said, what, what is fear? Notice he said, the thing which I greatly feared uh, came upon me. What is fear? It's the confident expectation of evil. That's what fear is. Fear is the devil's faith. And he said, I was not in safety. But that's not true. He was. He had a hedge about him. But somehow, and, and apparently he had helped build that hedge. And I, I, if I get time, we'll get into all that tonight. Because really, it's the shield of faith is what it is. The shield of faith is a protective, defensive force against the enemy. Keeps him from doing what he wants to do. If you're with me tonight, say amen. In fact, go over to the book of Colossians. Go over to the book of Colossians. Look with me at the book of Colossians, the second chapter. The fifth verse, Colossians 2, 5. Paul's talking to the church at, Cor- uh, at Colossae and he says, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit. Now notice, I'm not there in the flesh. I'm in another place preaching. I'm not there physically. But I'm with you in the spirit. Now what, what, what he said, joying, or we'd say rejoicing, and beholding, notice, your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Now listen to that, that's in the King James, listen to the Weymouth, although as you said, I am absent from you in the body, yet am I, yet in spirit I am present with you. Now listen, I am delighted to witness your good discipline, now notice this, and the solid front presented by your faith in Christ. Solid front. A solid one is one with no openings. Are you with me? This is this hedge of protection that he's referencing here, this hedge of protection that was around Job. And he said, because the church at Colossae uh, were, were people of faith, it built this solid front, this solid defensive installation around them. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's called in the book of Ephesians, the shield of faith. David had one shielding his life. And he, he developed it sitting out on the side of the hill, feeding on the word of God. A lion came after the sheep. He destroyed it. Uh, you know, bear, he destroyed it. And Goliath, when he went after Goliath, Goliath read headlong into David's shield of faith and fell down dead. Oh, my, my, my. Can you give me three weeks to preach this? This shield of faith, he, he called it a solid front. King James doesn't mention it, this clearly, but the uh, Weymouth, the solid front presented by your faith in Christ. And so the devil, he needs to, well, let me, let me back up before I say that. Notice Paul said, I'm not there in the, in the flesh. But when I, apparently whenever he prayed for him or something, he'd get over in the spirit and he'd see that defensive installation around them. 
He said, man, you are in unity, in faith, and there is no openings around your lives, around the church. There's a, there's a, a protective, he called it a hedge in the book of Job. It's like a, a wall uh, where Satan can't get through. Not, not, not in the natural, but in the spirit. Now, let me ask you a question. If Paul could get in the spirit and see it, how many of you know the devil can see it? We know he can because he mentioned it to God about Job's life. He said, I can see that. I've been pacing around that thing. I can't get through that thing. He can see it. And it's a barrier. It's a hedge of protection around our lives. But God needs our cooperation because notice he mentions faith here in the book of Colossians. He said, the solid front presented by your faith, your faith. And so we have something to do with uh, working with God in this protective force being built around our lives. Amen. So uh, Paul could see it and uh, it's presented by their faith or their steadfastness of faith. And so, you know, the devil can see it. Uh, this solid front is something, has something to do with people's faith. It's a, it's a solid front presented by your faith. It's a defensive installation called the shield of faith. And it's built by a perfect confession of the word. Amen. Imperfect comp- confession, uh, imperfect shield. Gives, gives the devil openings. Amen. And so this one that Job built here in the Old Testament... The devil was pacing around. He's looking for a way to get through it. Isn't that right? He apparently found a way in. Right? Because at one time he said, I couldn't get in. But then within a few verses, he's in. And what's he doing? Exactly what he wanted to do. Steal, kill, and destroy. So something, something, something changed. And I think at least one of the things that changed is there in the third chapter, verse 25 and 26. That which I have greatly feared has come upon me. He apparently was tricked of the enemy. The enemy must have started presenting fearful thoughts to him. And he started taking them. How many of you know no matter how much you've walked by faith in the past, it's not going to do any good today if you start, uh, start taking other thoughts and start, start listening to other things and speaking other things and allowing fear or worry or something like that in you. Satan presented that to, uh, to, to Job. He took it. He started rehearsing and, and going over and entertaining Satan's thoughts and speaking them after him or something. In fact, if you read back in the first chapter, he got so afraid of his children sinning that he was offering a sacrifice every day just in case, just in case, just in case. You know, I'm afraid, I'm afraid all this that we're enjoying is going to be destroyed. And so I'm just offering sacrifice. He's doing it out of fear. Now go over to the 31st chapter of the book of Job. Job chapter number 31. Uh, This describes also the way Job was living. Let me see if I can find it here. Job chapter number 31, verse number 23. 
For destruction from God was a terror to me. And by reason of his highness, I could not endure. Now, the context there is actually all the good things he was doing. He was doing a lot of good things for a lot of people. And he said, let's, let's, uh, mm, you know, if you read back the previous verses, he talks about the good works he had done. You know, verse number 21, just a little example. If I've lifted up my hand against the fatherless, when I saw my help in the gates, uh, then let my right arm. In other words, I'm ba- he's basically saying, I did, if I saw somebody helpless, I was helping them. I was giving to them, you know. And, and so, so he was being a good man. Yeah. Yeah. And you can read a lot more in that chapter in other places. He talks about the things he had done. Uh, uh, but how many of you know he gives it away in verse number 23 why he was doing it? He was doing it because destruction from God was a terror to him. But then he said, by reason of his highness, or we'd say high standards, he said, I could not endure. And so that's one of the keys to the whole book of Job. Um, It gives us insight into the way he's thinking and the way he's living. He's living good. He's a good man. He's doing a lot of good things, helping a lot of people, but not necessarily just because he loved them. Yeah. Or wanted to be a blessing. He was doing it because he was afraid that if he didn't do all these good things, God would destroy him. Destruction from God was a terror to me. And that's, that starts with, that verse starts with the word for. In other words, I was doing all those good works because. You see that? Amen. So fear was the root of. Of why he's doing all those things. Fear was the root why he's making so many sacrifices for his children all the time. Fear of destruction. Fear. And he said, that which I feared has come upon me. It was all based in fear. Can you see that? And so apparently at one time he had a shield, a hedge of protection around him, but he, he, he fell into the trap of the enemy taking Satan's thoughts of fear. You know, this is a, Satan probably came and said something like this. You know, this, you, you got all these good things going on. Yeah. Isn't this wonderful? Yeah. But you know, God's standards are real high. And you, you, what if you don't reach it? What if you don't attain all those? And, and what if you're just not good enough? You better do, you know how the devil drives people. You better do more. You better do more. And, and it was all based in fear. And Satan tripped him up and got him to think in thoughts of fear and got him to speak in words of fear. And, and he opened the door. I believe that he broke down that hedge. And Satan got in. So fear, and notice he didn't say the thing I feared. He said the thing I greatly feared. So this fear had grown until it became great. It didn't just, this just, it didn't happen just because one thought came, one thought of fear came to Job. No. The devil will work on people to get it into the, see, just how many of you know the devil will try to get you to think if you had a thought of fear or if you feel the presence of fear, then ah, you're in fear. That's not true. That's not true. You can feel the presence of fear and not be in fear and fear not get in you. How many of you remember Dr. Dufresne's testimony whenever the doctor told him that you have cancer? 
He said, fear came up his toes and started coming up his legs. And he said, I knew that if it got up into my spirit, the devil had me. But he said, I said, no, 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 you don't. You get back down. Somebody said, why did it start in his feet and up his legs? Because the devil's under our feet. He's under our feet. He said, no, you don't. No, you don't. He said, he said that fear went back down. Went, Amen. It's not fear coming to you. It's what you do with it when it comes. And don't let it get on the inside of you. I, I remember uh, Brother Hagen. Oh, my, my, my. So many things we could talk about. But, uh, you know, you have, to, you have to know how Satan works. Uh, well, for time's sake, let's, let's deal with that later, all right? We've got to stick with what... I've got I to get something out here. So can you see what Job is doing? He thought he was doing all these things to keep God from getting mad and destroying him. But because of God's high standards, he said, I just couldn't, I just couldn't keep up. How many of you know our righteousness is not our, through our good works? Don't get into, oh, I got to do this or I got to do this or, or I, might, I might, you know, not do good enough or something like that. That's, that's bondage. The Bible said God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear is bondage. It's bondage of the mind and the spirit and it's also going to open the door to bondage. You read Hebrews, that's what Job said right here. The thing I greatly feared came upon me. This thing got on the inside of him. He rehearsed it and entertained it until it grew. In other words, the seed came and eventually somehow Satan got that seed in and then Job kept watering it. He kept rehearsing it. And what does the seed grow when you happen when it happens to a seed when you water it? It sprouts and it starts growing and it started producing huge fear. And it grew until it became great. Think about how the Bible says over in the book of Acts, so mightily grew the word and prevailed. You know, the word has to do the same thing in you in order to really bear the kind of fruit you want it to do. It has to be, it has to be planted. It has to be watered. It has to grow to prevail. Notice it didn't say, so mightily the word prevailed. It said, so mightily grew the word and prevailed. Can you say amen? amen? So mightily grew the word and prevailed. Say, it grew and prevailed. It doesn't just prevail. It has to grow in order to prevail. Acts 19.20. That's the, that's the verse I'm referring to. So, that's what happened to Job. Now... Uh, my, there's so much here. And, and God's been dealing with me about this. You heard what I preached on Sunday morning. Some of you are, 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 are thinking, you're thinking, what did he preach on Sunday morning? I, I got to say yes, I, gotta, I can't lie. What did, he, what did he preach on? I was preaching about how that God dealt with me about this. There's several ways, somehow or another, Job, because, because he had a hedge about him and he had participated with God to get that built through his faith. But somehow, and, and he's protected by that hedge. But somehow or another, he got to the place he didn't believe that anymore. He said, I was not in safety. I wasn't safe. Well, he was. But it was the fear that opened the door for him to not be in safety. 
So I say somehow, because the Bible doesn't tell us how, but somehow or another, Job began to open the door to that fear. Now I say somehow or another because the Bible says fear is a spirit. God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but power and love and sound mind. Fear is a spirit. And as a spirit in the spirit realm, not talking, not talking about from God, because God hasn't given us a spirit. This is, from, this is a spirit from the enemy. Fear is a spirit. And as a spirit, it can talk to you. It'll, it, it has a voice. Absolutely. And it, can, it takes advantage of bad reports. Yes, it does. It, when, whenever the doctor gives you a bad report or the lawyer says something or the banker says something or, or just somebody says something, fear can hit you to where you feel it tangibly. You can, your physical body can feel the effects of the presence of that spirit and it'll say, got you now. You're done. You're doomed. And it'll predict your future. It'll tell you where you're going to end up. It's not the spirit of God telling you, but the spirit of fear telling you. And you will begin to, if you don't deal with that, don't know how to answer that, you'll begin to expect that in your future. Brother Hagin said, now you can physically feel this thing sometimes. I'm not saying it is a physical thing, but it is the presence presence of spiritual things, you can feel it. Brother Hagin said one time, because he had been healed of paralysis, a deformed chest. They said actually, the doctor said actually his chest was deformed. Not only is his heart not normal, didn't beat normal, wasn't right. But his chest was deformed and he was uh, partly paralyzed and he was also had a deformed heart. And nobody in, their, in his condition, they said, lived past the age of 16 or 17. But that med- medical science had a record of. <coughs> well, he's right at that age. <coughs> and the doctors are saying, you know, you don't have long to live. Well, you know, he was healed, uh, got a hold of the word of God and was healed. But if you read his testimony carefully, he said fear fought, well, for a number of years, not for his whole life, but for a number of years followed him around. He said like a little puppy dog about that fear that that's going to come back. He said he'd look over and there it would be. Now, he wasn't talking about physically. He could see it, but the, the presence of it. He said one time. He said the presence of that thing was so strong trying to tell him because the devil is is persistent. He'll keep trying to get something in you. He's willing to work on somebody for decades to get something into them. Now, this thing wasn't in him, but it's following him around and it's talking to him. Yeah, you're healed, but you you just watch. It's going to come back on you sometime. And that thing's, trying to, that thing's trying to make suggestions about what's going to happen. Now, Satan does that to everybody. He'll, he'll, he'll say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you or I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're going to go bankrupt or you're going you're gonna to die just like your uncle died at the age of 53 or, you know, whatever. And, and he'll, he'll try to, he'll make suggestions to you to get you afraid that it's going to happen. Sometimes we ought to get a clue and just, just realize he keeps saying he's going to do it. Why hasn't he done it? The reason is because he can't. He's trying to get you to take the fear so that he can. We ought to wake up and smell the coffee about some of these things. 
It's exactly true. But anyway, that's what he's doing to Brother Hagin. He's suggesting to him, although, well, yeah, but you're healed. See, listen to me. Jesus, in the Gospels, he healed through men's spirits. If you're looking at me saying, I don't understand what he's saying, write it down anyway, because that right there is huge to your victory. He did not heal through the physical body. He did not heal through medical science. Right, right. We're not preaching against that. No, sir. Aren't we thankful for the medical yeah, science? But, but what we're saying is Jesus didn't heal that way. That's right. That's so good. Healing, that Je- Jesus ministered healing through divine methods. And he did it through men's spirits. Now, what do I mean by through, through men's spirits? Well, let's take, for example, uh, Jairus. You remember that Jesus uh, was going to his house. Report had come and he had been invited to go minister to Jairus' daughter. Remember, on the way, a report came, don't trouble the master. They came to Jairus and said, don't trouble the master anymore. Uh, he, you know, your little daughter has died. Right, right. And Jesus, hearing, the Amplified says, but overhearing, overhearing and ignoring, turned and said, fear not. Believe only and she'll be healed. Isn't that right? Notice... He's addressing Jairus in what he entertains. He's addressing what Jairus yields to in the spirit realm. He's addressing Jairus in guarding what gets in his heart. And he said, fear not. Satan, just as soon as that report came, Satan came to Jairus with fear. It's over. Are you with me? That's what I said. Satan uses bad reports to attack people. Jesus had to have Jairus' faith to minister healing to his daughter. Well, now resurrection. He had to have Jairus' faith. So what I'm talking about whenever I say Jesus healed through men's spirits, he healed through what they yielded to in their spirit, what they let in their spirit or planted in their spirit. Listen to me. That is huge. If you don't understand all that right now, that is one of the biggest statements I've made for a while in the church. You you don't have to do, well, well, how how do I get this off of my body? You guard what gets in here. Yes, that's right. That's your job. Amen. Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. Guard your heart. 23, verse 23, after it says, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. If that, you know, uh, and then he said, out of it are the issues of life. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Everything, the reason people's life keeps going a certain direction is because there's something in them pushing it that way. Good or bad. Fear, faith or fear. Jesus heals through men's faith. Satan does what he does in people's lives through their fear. They let something in. Anyway, so I'm talking about Brother Hagin. You forgot about Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin said that little thing tried to follow him around. It wasn't in him. But it's following him around. It's making suggestions. It's trying to get him to yield to that. Trying to get him to entertain those thoughts and let that seed get planted in his heart. Now don't fault your spirit for producing what it's producing. It's just doing its job. 
It's like the dirt out in your garden. It'll produce whatever you put in it. It'll produce what you put in it. In fact, you put a, you go out there and you plant a fence post in your garden. It'll rot that fence post off trying to germinate it and trying to grow it. That's what it's trying to do. By, by rotting that thing off, it's trying to grow that thing. Are you listening to this preacher tonight? So don't fault your spirit. Well, I don't know why. My, I just, I just, it's producing this. It keeps producing. My life keeps going this way. Things keep going this way. It's what got on the inside of you and you, you let on the inside of you or you planted there on purpose. Guard your heart. Out of it are the issues of life. Amplified says above all you guard. You guard your car, you guard your house, you lock this, you lock that, you guard your purse. Above everything, you can do all that. But if you don't guard your heart, it'll start, things will get in it that'll cause your life to start going that direction. Out of it are the issues. Out of it, out of it. Why does a person's life keep going this direction? Because something got in there because they didn't guard their heart and it starts coming out. It starts taking their life that direction. Anyway, I got to get finished the story about Brother Hagin. <laughs> Brother Hagin, that thing followed him around. It's trying to, it's making suggestions, it's trying to get in him. Finally, he said one day, he said, uh, he said, he looked down and, and that fear is, is bothering him so bad. He said, his hands are shaking. And he looked down, his hands are shaking because the physical effects on his body of the presence of that fear is so strong. And he looked down, his hands are shaking. And the devil said, look, your hands are shaking. I got you now. Your hands, you're shaking. Brother Hagin said, my hands might be shaken, but my spirit's not shaken. You're not in fear just because you feel fear any more than you're in faith because you feel faith. Mm -mm. Oh, I got to find the verse. It's written here somewhere. I got to find it. Psalm somewhere. The, the, the psalmist David said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in you. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. I got it written here somewhere. Psalm, uh, yeah, I'm trying to find it. But 56.3, there's a scholar on the front row. Praise the Lord. Is that it? Anyway, he's talking about whenever fear attacked him. You, you, fear comes to everybody. But just because it comes doesn't mean you, you're going to let it on the inside. The devil will condemn people because they don't know that. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so um, you have to know that fear coming doesn't equal you taking fear or being afraid. Psalm 56.3, what time I am afraid. Amen. I will trust in thee. In other words, it came to him, but he's not going to yield to it. He's going to keep his faith in God. Amen. That's right. Amen. If you don't know that, you'll live in condemnation just because you feel the presence of fear. Yeah. Yeah. You got to answer that thing. Yes. The Bible says he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Fear is one of your enemies. Yes. It might be present, but there's also a table present. That's right. That's absolutely right. So you've not done something wrong just because fear came. 
You have to know that. It comes to all of us. It's what you do with it when it comes that determines whether it gets on the inside of you or not. That's why this proverb said, guard your heart. Amen. I didn't say it won't come. It'll present itself to, it'll present itself to you. Amen. You haven't done something wrong just because it came. But it's got to be rejected. It's got to be answered. And those thoughts, of suge- see, those thoughts will bring suggestions of fear to you. Fear will speak to you. It's the spirit. It'll speak to you. And so those thoughts, whenever they come, they have to be rejected and cast down and replaced with the truth and answered with the word of God. <clears throat> Amen. Don't let it uh, harass you even for a moment. Philippians 1.28 in the Amplified says, don't be um, for a moment terrified. <clears throat> Amen. That's a, whole, that's a whole sermon I can't preach tonight. And so fear coming doesn't equal you taking fear. Don't let the, tell you, the devil tell you that you're afraid or have yielded to fear just because fear presents itself or is present. Amen. And so, you know, that's what Brother Hagin was saying whenever he said, my body might be shaken, but my spirit's not shaken. Hallelujah. You see, your body, your body can feel the presence of fear sometimes. I've had it hit me so hard. You ever had that bitter taste? It hits you, fear hits you so hard. And that bitter taste, uh, you, you taste it in your mouth. Your body re- has a physical reaction to that thing. But don't let that impress you. Don't be more impressed with feelings than you are with the truth. You got to know what the truth is. Hallelujah. And that's what Dr. Dufresne was saying. He said he could feel that thing. The presence of that thing is trying to get in the spirit. He said, no, you don't. No, you don't. Amen. And so you got to keep it out. Now, he went home. Dr. Dufresne, I just finished something on that story that the Lord was talking to me about. Dr. Dufresne went home. That was in the doctor's office. That thing tried to come up and get into him. And uh, he went home. He said, no, you don't. And he went home and talked it over with the Lord. The Lord said, uh, there's two areas. You open the door. And uh, he, he made those adjustments and he was healed. He, 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 he lived. Yeah. He didn't die of cancer. Yeah, that's right. So I, I thought it was interesting that because he didn't let fear get in him, he was able to go home and hear God. Yes. You ever noticed Roman? We talk about Romans 8, 14 and 16. Where as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. His Spirit bears witness with our spirit. You ever notice the verse right between those two verses? Verse 15. For God, it talks about, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But the spirit of adoption. So right in between those two verses talking about being led of God, that being able to discern, you might say, or recognize the direction he's leading you. He's saying, don't give in to fear. Because fear will keep you from recognizing the leadings of the Spirit. Fear, if it gets on the inside of you, will mess up your spirit. It won't work right. You won't be able to recognize God because that, that other voice is hounding so loud. God doesn't talk in a, in a booming, loud, domineering voice. His voice is a gentle nudge, uh, the still small voice of your own spirit, so forth and so on. Am I helping anyone? Yes. Well, no, I'm not helping anyone, but the word's helping someone. Yes. Praise the Lord. I'm convinced that if Dr. Dufresne 
hadn't dealt with that spirit of fear, he would not have been able to go home and recognize the two areas that God was dealing with him about. Because how many of you know the devil will tell you where, okay, you've opened the door here, you've opened the door, but he's nothing but a liar. And he tells you lies in order to get your focus on the wrong thing so that you're not focused on the right thing. And so I'm convinced Dr. Dufresne was able to recognize the Spirit of God because he got rid of that fear. Amen. It would have kept him from hearing God, his, his real answer, and probably would have died of cancer. Amen. Do you remember the story that I told you, uh, the testimony I told you of the lady in, in healing school that was a, she was a nurse, but she was diagnosed with cancer? And, and I was preaching the word that week in the mornings and all week long I recognized, well, for three days uh, or two days. And then the third day I talked to her uh, that the words bouncing off of her, I couldn't describe yeah. it any other way than it just, it wasn't going. I could yeah. tell something was blocking the word yeah. from getting yeah. in. Yeah. And so I, I just knew I had to sit down and talk to her because out of the word, the Bible said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks. You ever read that verse? Yeah. So I just sat down and I, and Brother Hagin said, divine healing technicians, they diagnose and prescribe. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. So I needed to diagnose what that was is blocking the word from going in. Right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and I said, no, I just want to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, make a long story short, talk to her, and it was all fear. Mm-hmm. She was a nurse. She knew every stage. She'd worked with cancer patients for years, every stage of disease. She knew what, what was going to happen next to the next stage, and she knew what's going on in her body. She knew all the science behind it, and she's so knowledgeable of all of that, and that's so, she's so aware of all that, and she's so conscious of all that. See, that, if you work in the medical field, you've got to guard yourself. Yes. You've got to guard yourself. Yes. Amen. I was in uh, the, the, uh, just a little clinic just to get my eyes checked the other day. And when I got close to that building, I could sense the fear. Amen. Those places are full of demons. I didn't think about it until later. Brother Hagin said there's three places demons congregate. Prisons. Hospitals and universities. Well, I got close to that clinic. I'm like, okay, I can sense what, you know, people in here and, and the devils are just sitting in there waiting and to, as soon as they get the bad report, you know, jump on them. Amen. Praise God. They, all, they said my eyes were great, by the way. <laughs> Amen. So, um, but that, that nurse, she was so aware of so many things that the devil used that to attack her with fear. Of, of, okay, what is fear? Confident expectation of evil. Because she knew this disease and how it progresses, she was afraid of it, or let's say expecting this to be next, this to be next, this to be next. Rather than expecting from God, she was expecting from the enemy. Amen. So, and I saw that, and whenever I was, uh, uh, you know, listening to her talk, I, that fear came out. So I realized what it was. So I took her over to Hebrews chapter number two, verse number 14, 15. You ought to go over there. And it talks about um, there, it talks about the, uh, how Jesus delivered us from the fear of death. For as much then, for Hebrews 2, 14, 15, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, talking about, um, you know, us. He himself likewise also took part of the same, Jesus did, that through death he might destroy 
him that had the power of death. Well, if he's destroyed, why is he still walking around? Because destroy doesn't mean, you know, cause to cease to exist. You look it up, it means untie or unloose. He untied us. He loosed us. And defeated the enemy and destroyed his, his right to dominate us. Him that had, past tense, the power of death. That is the devil. And deliver them. I'm delivered. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. (laughs) The hold the devil once had on me, he ain't got no more. And delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You ought to underline that last part. Through fear of a thing, you become subject to it. Yeah. Through fear of a thing, you're, see, that's what I said. Fear is the devil's faith. It opens the door to him just like faith opens the door to God. Yes, amen. That's what Job did. Yes, sir. Fear of a thing were all their lifetime subject to bondage. People say, I don't know why I've just been over and over again. That same thing, that same thing, that same thing. Check up on this area. Rotherham says liable to bondage. In other words, it's always, it's always something that's going to happen. Philip says they live their whole lives a prey through fear. See, fear puts a man in bondage. Notice the word fear and bondage in that verse makes a man subject to bondage. So I took this, I took this uh, verse to that nurse. I said, open your Bible. And I had her read it. I I had her look at her Bible and read it out loud because I I diagnosed Someone said it was cancer. No, the diagnosis was fear because I'm not ministering healing to her through her body. I'm ministering healing to her like Jesus did through her spirit. You following me? And I diagnosed the spiritual condition. There's a spiritual condition here. Somebody said, no, it was a physical condition. The root of it was spiritual. Every battle is spiritual at its core. At its core, it's spiritual. Oh, this is helping me tonight. Well, I'm just trying to you know, work more and do this and do that to get more money come in. Why don't you guard this? If you work on this, what gets in here, you won't have to work so hard in the flesh. And I showed this verse to her. And I showed her, I said, read that out loud. And, I, and I had, she read it. A time, I think I had to read it a time or two. And I said, did you notice, because you know you can read something and not notice it. But I said, did you notice that fear of a thing makes you subject to it or puts you in bondage to it? She looked at that verse. She said, that's exactly what that says. Now, I'm convinced this woman, she she had a good heart. I believe she was sincere. But Satan took advantage of her ignorance. You can be sincere and still have the door open to the devil. You can be a good person, love God, and don't intend to open the door to the devil, but do it anyway. And the devil will take any opportunity that's given him, whether, but he can only take opportunities with somebody's consent. Now, somebody can give him their consent knowingly or unknowingly. This lady, I believe, did it unknowingly. Because as soon as she realized what she had done, what she was doing, she saw that truth in the word. I, I tell you, I say it over and over again. I've never, to this day, I've never seen anybody close the door to the devil so quick. 
She saw what she did and she said, I see it, I see it. No, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Bam, she closed that door. And she just, she just absolutely closed that door. I mean, in the spirit, you could tell it. Bam, boom. You could hear the, not physically, but you could hear the door. Boom. You almost hear the devil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. And I just, I just reached over and I don't even, I might've touched her, but I didn't really pray for her, touch her, you know, ministering to her. I just said, I said, say this after me. And I said something and had her repeat and say something about fear. You get out of here. Something. I don't remember all the details now. You know, it's been somewhere under 95 years ago, (laughs) but a long time ago. But so, and I never, I never addressed the cancer. Did you hear me? I never addressed the cancer. But she went back to her doctor and the doctor said all the cancer is gone. Why? The door got closed. The hedge got made up. My, 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 my. Fear of a thing makes you subject to the bondage of it. That's why it's so morbid. It, I, I just can't think of a better word for it. It's morbid. It's a morbid thing. The very thing a person's afraid of is what they are in bondage to. But it's, the de- I mean, it's not the devil. It's, it's the fear that people give place to the devil. Now, sometimes they do it unknowingly. Are you with me tonight? So God has something better for you than to live under bondage to the enemy because of fear. People have the idea, oh, I can't, I can't, you know, I, I don't, I can't control that. It just keeps coming. Okay, well then we'll tear Proverbs 4 out of the Bible. No, we have a lot to do with what gets on the inside of us. That's the truth about it. Say amen if you can. So um, if I could back up here to this. The enemy, remember Proverbs 4, 27, the enemy can only, you know, neither give place to the devil. He can only take a place if we give it to him. That's what that verse is saying. He's not all that. It's not like he can just do whatever he wants to do. He's defeated. He's defeated. Amen. Defeated. No feet. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but, but he's under our feet. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. They have no authority over our lives. Unless we give them place. That's what he said. Don't give place to the devil. Don't give place. Well, fear would be one way people could do that. And uh, when it comes, it's trying to get in. Just like, it got, just like Job. So, did we learn anything tonight? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So everything in life, everything in life, good or bad, whether it's something you want or don't want, it's coming out of your heart. What? I thought it was coming from the devil and God. Well, they have to get it into your heart first. God has to get what he says in your heart. The devil has to get what he says in your heart. Otherwise, why isn't God just doing everything in people's lives that he always wants to do? Or why isn't Satan doing everything in, his, in people's lives that he always wants to do? He can't or God can't without 
getting it in, something into their spirits. That's what I meant when I said Jesus healed through men's spirits. People there running around trying to find the cure for this and the cure for that, and yet something in here is causing their life to keep going that way. Amen. And so everything in life, good or bad, what you want, whether it's something you want or you don't want, is coming out of your heart. Why is it coming out? Because it got in. It got in. How? Through practicing Proverbs 20, or 4, verse number 20, through 22, and then verse 23 happened. Whether it's practice in, in forward gear or reverse gear. <laughs> Proverbs 4, 22-22 works forward and reverse. It works in faith. It works in fear. Amen. My son, attend. What's your attention on? Job got his attention on the wrong things. He's, he's, his attention is on what the devil is saying about, oh, if, if you don't do it good enough, you know, it's going to be destroyed. Your life's going to be destroyed. And so... Um, if your life starts going in a particular direction or it keeps going in a particular direction, it's because something got in you that caused that, good or bad, whether it's the way you want it to be or not. Amen. You, Jesus, Paul said, you are God's garden. Don't let the devil get his seed in God's garden. Hallelujah. So whatever gets in, it's gonna, your life's going to go that way. That's what Job proved. Job proved that thing I greatly fear has come upon me. So he didn't guard his heart and it grew until it became great, started pushing his life that direction. The thing he feared came on him. He didn't attend to God's word. He attended to the voice of fear. Fear was saying something to him. He listened to it, attended to it and let it in and it happened. That really opened the door to the devil. Well, praise God. We don't have to do that. Hallelujah. I got to read something here. They just got to just, uh, there's so much I haven't had a chance to get to, but uh, fear is the devil's faith. You have to, you have to remember that fear is the devil's faith and it opens the door to the devil, just like faith opens the door to God. And so he wants you to get to yield to something so he can do it. That's why he keeps saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. And he hasn't yet. Why hasn't he would, if he could, but he's got to get it in a person first. And so when Satan is threatening to do something in your life, ask him why he hasn't already done it. And so he can't just take a place that's not given to him. Amen. Now, many people are missing the mark and beating the air, so to speak, in these kinds of situations because to them, like in the situation I told you about the nurse in healing school, to them... um, Cancer or something that's going on in somebody's life Uh is the issue Mm -hmm. whenever it's actually something in the spirit realm. Now, I don't mean every every person that has cancer is because of fear, but something got into them. It could be unforgiveness. Tell your neighbor that's all true, whether you want to say it true or not. So... That thing needs to be addressed. Deal with the root. Don't just try to chop off the fruit. Well, this thing keeps producing in my life. What's the root of that thing? What's the root of that thing? 
Amen. All battles are spiritual at their core. One of these days, somebody's going to start believing that. All battles are spiritual. The battle between David and Goliath was spiritual. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. He had to overcome fear. You don't believe me? You just, when you go to heaven, you walk right up to David and say, Mr. David, I got a question for you. First of all, thank you for your story in the Bible. But I got a question for you. What's the biggest thing you had to overcome whenever you uh, uh, fought Goliath? Uh, uh, Was it Goliath? He said, nah, he's a piece of cake. This is what he'll say. Something along this line. He's a piece of cake. The biggest thing I had to deal with was the fear coming to me out of all those threats he he was making. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That fear in the spirit realm was what he had to overcome. And if you've not tread down fear and walked over fear when it's breathing hard and talking loud, you ain't been far in faith. And that's the reason why you got to learn to tread, 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 answer it and tread, tread on serpents and scorpions, tread on what the devil. See, he's threatening. Yeah. That's what he was doing to me about Kansas City. Threatening, threatening. You're threatening fear, fear, fear. You're going you're gonna to ruin yourself financially. You're going to be, you know, and so many. You're going to go down there and fail. Fear, 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 fear. Pastor, you shouldn't say that. Well, I'm saying it not because I'm yielding to it anymore. I'm saying it because you've got to realize what's coming against you. And sometimes people's testimonies just helps. Amen. People think, well, they, you know, so-and-so, they must not have anything come against them. What's wrong with me? Oh, we got 3,000 things coming against us. But we tread. We're learning to tread. Shoo, glory be to God. Hallelujah. So people are missing the mark. They're out here to, you know, fighting the lack or fighting the sickness or fighting this or fighting that. Why don't you deal with the fear of the thing? Just like we didn't, we didn't even address the cancer in that lady. We addressed the fear. Why don't you deal with what Satan's saying to your life? Why don't you deal with that? And when you deal with that, the very source of all that he's been trying to do out here will be cut off. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, In that lady's life that we were talking about in healing school, actually, she ended up giving into fear again. And the disease came back. We went up to her, was it New Hampshire, I believe, somewhere up there in the New England states. We went up to her church and asked her pastor if we could talk to her. He said, yes, he wasn't too much in agreement. Anyway, it's a long story. But, but we ministered to her, and again, because the doctors had said it had left, and then it had come back. And then we ministered to her again and dealt with the same thing, and it left again. It's obvious this is a spiritual battle here. But then we left, we couldn't stay there, and she wasn't sitting in a church that helped her with that. The pastor made that evident when we were there. He didn't much like the... You know, he didn't much believe in what we were preaching. And so she eventually died. Somebody said of cancer? No, of fear. Amen. And so the battle was not against cancer. You got to get this. In other words, it wasn't against the physical manifestation that was created by what she yielded to. That, that was created by what she yielded to in the spirit realm. Amen. You know, when people are attacking this and attacking that and they don't address the spiritual issues, the Bible has a word for that. It's called missing the mark. I said it's called missing the mark. When one closes the, this is what I want to get to. When one closes the, two things I want to get to. Don't look at your watch. 
When one closes the door to what causes the manifestation of the disease to begin with, the resulting condition in the natural realm has nothing further to support or sustain it remaining there, and so it dies. This is called dealing with the root rather than just addressing the fruit. Did you hear that? I'll say that again. When one closes the door to what caused the manifestation of the disease to begin with, the resulting condition in the natural realm has nothing further to support it or sustain it remaining there, so it dies. Now, it could be other things besides fear. Amen. Could be unforgiveness or other things. But, but, so don't play with these things. The devil's not playing games. Don't watch scary movies. They got spirits on them. Just the truth. People say, oh, I don't believe all that. Okay, when you go to heaven, if you, if you go to heaven, uh, come, come meet me and say that to my face again. Say that to my face again. Whenever you know as you are known, come say to me, ah, there wasn't any spirits. Come say that to me again in heaven. Now, I got I to gotta get to this because it keeps coming up. I'm not trying to prolong tonight, but go to Philippians 1. I can't leave service without going to Philippians chapter number 1. Philippians 1, 28. Hallelujah. Got to look at Philippians 1, 28. In the Amplified. Philippians 1, 28 in the Amplified. Do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated. Can, can you do that? Oh, but you just can't help it sometimes. Now, you got to think, what about, there's fear in different areas. There's fear of people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Bible said so. Amen. Yes, sir. Talks about, what is that, Proverbs chapter number, uh, the fear of man, I'm trying to think of the chapter, the fear of man brings a snare. Yeah. There's all kinds of fears. Yes, sir. Address it where it's in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, Philippians 1.28, do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. He's talking about in the spiritual realm, the forces of darkness. For such constancy, well, what does constantly refer to in that setting? Not for a moment. See, be constant in this. Don't give the devil a moment. Remember, Pastor Ike said, stop having moments. That's the last time I'm giving him credit for that. But For such constancy, love you, brother. For such constancy and fearlessness. In other words, constant fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof and seal to them, these adversaries, these forces of darkness, of their impending destruction. But a sure token and evident Evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. Whoo, my, 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 my. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Fearlessness puts a neon sign up in the spirit realm. Flashing neon sign, the devil sees it. It's saying, you're doomed. Whenever I don't yield to fear. They look at one another and go, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Hallelujah. So these adversaries, remember the Bible says there's adversaries by the doors. These adversaries by the doors, I'm almost done. They say, if you move forward, 
you'll do so to your own destruction. That's what he was saying to me. You move forward with Kansas City. You'll do so to your own destruction. You know, failure of some kind, lack, or whatever, financial ruin, something like that. You'll, that's what he was saying to me. You're going to go under. You're going to go under. Look at the expense. Look at the cost. Look at the... And if I just give a little place to that... Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Well, what's wrong with you, Pastor? Same thing that comes to you. I got on top of it. I'm just, I'm, I'm preaching out of victory tonight. I got on top of it Friday night. It was the wee hours of Saturday morning, but Friday night. As soon as I got on top of it, I, got, I started laughing. I said, I got you, devil. I got you. I got you. See, remember the, the devil said to Brother Hagin, he's shaking. I got you. I got you. But when Brother Hagin got rid of that fear, which he told the story about how he got rid of that fear. And he said, I got you. I got you. That's what I told the devil Friday night. I got you. Got you. You're right, Mr. Devil. You're right. I'm going to move forward. There's going to be destruction connected to my moving forward. But you got it wrong. Who's going to be destroyed? You got it wrong. Who's going to be destroyed? I'm not moving forward to my destruction. I'm moving forward to your destruction. Woo! Glory be to God. Moving forward to your destruction. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Fearlessness is a clear, I'm just reading the Amplified, it's a clear sign to them of their impending destruction. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. You got it right. You got it right. There's going to be destruction attached to my moving forward. It's going to be your destruction. Treading on serpents and on scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. And so now we got this introduced. <laughs> There's more we need to say along this line. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't some of you just deal with that little puppy dog following you around? <laughs> don't treat him like a pet. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. What have you been drawing back from? Remember I said fear is the confident expectation of evil. But, but whenever a person is being motivated by it, it makes them draw back from forward movement. Makes them draw back from forward movement. Amen. So what are you drawing back from? Because, ah, ah, that God's telling you. I'm not just saying, you know, you know, pick something and launch into it. I'm talking about what's God dealing with you about? What's he dealing with you about? What have you been drawing back from? Come on, come on, Fear is motivating you. You got to get this word in you so strong to where that thing, that that, that fear, you you see it for what it is and you start treading on it. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. 
there are things people don't realize it sometimes, but certain things that, and this is true about every minister, I'm, not just, I'm just talking for myself because I, I know more about myself than I knew other people. Yeah. I'm almost done. I'm, I'm not trying to go long. But there are certain things that if I step out in it in things of the Spirit, movings of the Spirit, especially in revelation gifts and things like that, I just know what's going to oppose that. And so, again, he, he's, he's always there. He wants to attack after that. I just know that. But I have got to the place where I don't let that keep me from moving into it. I tread. I need your prayers and believing God with us. See, those are adversaries by doors. You know what I'm talking about? And fear is one of those things. Oh, if you do that, though, you know what's going to happen. Oh, the devil's, the devil's, the devil's. And you just have to learn to say, it's going to be your destruction, not mine. Glory! Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I've had so many things we preached on the last three weeks or so that I keep saying, I want to spend more time in that. But this one, I really want to spend some more time on. We'll see if the Lord gives us utterance. We would love to spend some more time on this. Hallelujah. Fear of man, fear of failure, fear of God not coming through for you, fear of financial ruin. You got you to you recognize what's motivating you. Recognize what's motivating you. Amen. And, and, and you got you to fight that good fight of faith. Not the devil, he's already defeated. But you got to answer that fear. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much for the answers we got tonight, the, 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 the help we got tonight. Thank you, Father, for revelation that uh, brings us forward, shows us how the enemy is working, shows us what we've been yielding to. Father, you don't show us these things to condemn us. You show us so that we can change and, and address it. So, Father, we choose tonight to address it. We say, no, that's not going to stop us anymore. That's not stopping us anymore. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The first step toward victory is recognizing what we keep tripping over. Thank you, Lord. We see it tonight. And we're, 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 we're making some adjustments. Hallelujah. We thank you. We're as bold as lions. Hallelujah. I tell you, a verse, that's, that's one verse you ought to quote all the time. It's Proverbs, what is that, 28.1? The, the he said, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as lions. Flee when no man's pursuing. They're running from nothing. Nothing but fear. Amen. But that's not us. We're bold. In the presence of fear, we're bold. That means we come on. We, we take steps. We take steps. We take steps. Woo, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Well, turn to your neighbor and say, the righteous are as bold as lions. And tell your other neighbor, that's you. You're as bold as a lion. Glory to God. Amen.